Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Love, Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. How's it going? It's going really good. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so me too, because we, you know, based on the background that I read about you, we're kind of related fields, and I thought this might be a good discussion. You're more on the software development side, and then I'm more of just an IT support guy. I feel like I fix printers all day to help people out. But uh, but before we get going too far, though, just uh, do you want to give a little bit quick just your background so the audience and listeners kind of know what's going on here and what we're getting into a little bit. I can do that. Um, I am a, uh, I am definitely, as you mentioned, I'm an IT professional on the software side. I started out uh, about 30 years ago with um, computer science degree, got into uh, software development, basically right out of college, have been doing it ever since. Uh, Started my own company about 20 years ago. I had worked in numerous startups and uh, sort of like internal startups where you've got a big company and they like want to spin something off. So yeah, I guess like Skunk Works and things like that. Yep. Done a lot of little projects or little side products along the way and then decided, hey, I can go do this myself. And so have been doing so for you know, for 20 years, basically software consulting, helping basically focused on small to mid-sized companies, helping them utilize technology better. So I'll go in and I can, you know, do soup to nuts, but really the key is to go in and help them understand really what they need to solve, what technology is available and then what makes the most sense for them. So very much customized solutions, whether it's, it's build it for them, some sort of custom piece of software, or sometimes it's just like helping them find uh, like the right people, if they just need somebody that can do printer support or something like that, it's like, <laughs> Hey, here's the questions you need to ask. Or the right software they need to, you know, if they want to buy something, I think, you know, that it doesn't matter really what the product is. There's probably a hundred of those out there and it's getting so difficult. So there's a lot to, to sift through if you want to make that kind of decision. So that's where I've been for, for years and then been in the, the podcast world as well for six, seven years. So it's been a, uh, just a, a life full of technology. Yeah, man, and that's always good just because, you know, technology's made life easier in, in a sense and it's just continuing to evolve. And, you know, some people are on board with it and some people, like you said, they don't really know or even want to touch it and just want somebody else to figure it out for them. As long as it works, they don't really care. But mm-hmm. but not only that, you started the podcast and everything. You have a developpreneur? Yes, sir. Yeah. First time. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, I created that. And actually, yeah, Developpreneur is also subtitled uh, Building Better Developers. And I did that specifically when uh, Alexa added, when Amazon started adding stuff to Alexa, because Alexa was going to struggle with Developpreneur. So Building Better Developers was a better way to say, hey, I want to listen to that podcast. And that's really what our focus is, is Building Better Developers. Is It's spending all of this time in, in IT over the years, I've been exposed to a lot of different organizations, a lot of different people, and sort of figured out that there are, there's a lack of, I guess, motivated and and educated people in the IT field. Once you get into the, the mid to senior levels, it's everybody's like, Hey, this is great. It's an awesome place to go. And they get into the junior levels the first few years. And then it's sort of just like they're, they're cut loose. It's like, okay, just go figure it out. And you know, some people sort of stumble through, which is what I ended up having to do. I more or less like stumbled through things. But unless you find a good mentor or you find a good, although I do say there, there's a lot more training type, uh, like boot camps and training courses and stuff like that available these days. Yeah. But it's still, it's sort of hard to navigate it yourself without having somebody that can say, you know, and help you and say, hey, let's figure out what you like to do. Cause it, as you've noted, is broad. There's a lot of stuff you can do in it. You can do hardware, you can do software, you can do security, you can do finance. There's, just, there's so much stuff in there. And so part of it is it's like, okay, you know, you're whatever, 20 something, you know, young 20 something. You're like, Hey, I've, I've chosen an IT career, right? Congratulations. Now you need to choose where you want to go with that career. And that's really what we did is said, you know, let's look at where there are, gaps to help people find their sort of build a roadmap on their career, but also just the kinds of things that you do a lot that are just not, you know, we felt there weren't good examples at the time. And there, it is getting better because you can find stuff out there in Google, just about anything. Right. But we wanted to do was say, okay, let's have a place you can go and you can have examples. We can show you how to get into certain technologies and a good path to get to, and not just you know, while sometimes it is just an ends to a mean, sometimes it is what are the things you need to learn to really, we'll say quotes, master that that technology or that environment. Yeah, so that's kind of what, and I guess, I don't know how much you know about my background, but so I went to school for, got my bachelor's in physical education to get my master's in sports management and went down that road for a few years and it was good to me. Don't get me wrong, I liked it, but it got to a point where, I was working in higher education. It was kind of one of those things that, well, you can't really move up unless, you know, you start to move around to different universities, get your experience. And if you want to stay in the area you're at, come back. And it's like all about moving around and upgrading your job title that way. So long story short, I ended up getting a job in the uh, IT department here at, at, at uh, Radford University where I was working at. And so that's kind of what started my IT career. A little bit late, but no background. And why they took a chance on me, I don't know. But it helped me get my feet wet and start to learn things. And now in a position I'm in, like I was telling you, that me and two other guys are doing the job of what the entire technology department at the university we're doing, an IT department at the university we're doing. So now I'm kind of more like, ooh, I got to learn a little bit of everything in order to keep everything going. It's local government now that basically what I'm doing. But and but that's also with that said, like I'm learning to, ooh, I like networking better or do I like, you know, just security better or whatever, but I'm starting to lean towards the network and that kind of appeals to me for some reason. But that's, I'm one of those people have to, I've had to learn to like, okay, what am I excited about? What do I want to take a deeper dive into and start to learn more of everything while trying to keep everything else mm -hmm. you know, somewhat balanced, I guess if that's a good word for it. And that's a lot of what we talk about is how you can take 
what you've already invested in your career, what you know, and finding they're basically like sort of logical steps to grow out of that, to go try other areas. So, you know, you may look out and say, Hey, I'm, I'm in this thing, this area, and this is exactly what I love to do. But even then when you're young, you don't know. I mean, there's, cause you haven't experienced those other things. It's one of those things that's like, Hey, well, why don't you go use these skills that you have and without having to like retool or go get another job or something like that. Here are ways that you can expand out of that and go check out other areas and go, you know, sort of essentially like dip a toe in and see if you like it. And if you do, then here's ways and opportunities for you to go try to embrace that more. And, you know, how do you, some of it is, it goes down to like, like, how do you become a, you know, like a lifetime time learner? How do you yes. go keep up with, how do you keep up with technologies? And then, you know, some of us, like, a lot of people are like, well, how do I pick the next big technology? And in questions like that, that everybody wants to know early on, because they say, hey, I understand that I'm on a, maybe I'm on a technology that's, it's, I'm on a dying slope of it. Right. And I want to know what the next, next big thing is, because I want to be that guy or that gal that is the the guru that jumped into it, you know, six months earlier than everybody else. And it's, it's those kinds of conversations and how you find those things and navigate them and, and find ways to really define the way the job that is best for you. Because in IT, I really think if you have a little bit of an IT bent, then there's going to be something in there that's perfect for you, whatever your personality type is. Yeah. It's just a matter of like kind of what you're attracted to really. Mm -hmm. and just Like you just said about your personality and just for some reason, I guess the networking thing, like I said, just like I like making things work together for whatever reason. It is so cool. It's like, you know, you have, you know, a whole network and then 14 different buildings down the street or whatever you want to say that, oh, I can get on the same network there. It's like, wait, why can I still access it from, you know, in another state or whatever? And it's stuff like, oh, how does this all work? And that's the stuff that in it might it might be or mightly might be because also that I'm still kind of new to it, maybe a little green. And still just trying to figure out, oh, this is exciting because I'm learning everything as I go. And and like you said, I have to have this learning kind of growth mindset with technology and just like learning, okay, what's going to be the next best thing? What can make a, my job easier and like everyone around me, their job easier? And that's always to seem to be, you know, like you said, that's always seems to be the biggest question. But there's also that people, like I said, oh, I don't care. Just make it work. I don't care how we do it. I don't care. I don't care how old it is. As long as it works, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, there's always that. But there is, I think that's the nice thing as you, you sort of alluded to that is that IT is always changing. So if you want something that is never going to get boring, that is your, I mean, if you want a job that you can go coast, you can probably find that in IT. I mean, that's go do COBOL or something like that. But generally speaking, it's always going to be, there's new problems, there's new technologies, there's new things to solve. The stuff that you maybe dreamed of in the past, suddenly it's very easy to work with and easy to do. Uh, like networking is one of those. I, I, when I started, you had to like plug all these wires in and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world when I could connect two machines in the same room. Now with wireless, you do that, you know, all the time. And you've got stuff like you can, you know, using like Amazon and Azure and stuff like that. You can do, you can spin up whole servers all over the world to do stuff in a matter of minutes. Yes. What do you think? And this is kind of another issue, and this might be something that you know the younger developers or younger IT professionals might want to, especially ones with like background like me who didn't go to school and necessarily get you know a bachelor's degree in computer science or anything. But you know now I've ran into is all about the certifications. You know what certifications mm -hmm. do you have under your belt, and whether 
you know, which ones are better for entry level, which ones should you be going for? And I know it's like kind of based on what you actually want to do, like security, hacking, uh, networking, whatever, or just being a general IT support professional. <laughs> but I mean, do they bring a lot of value to your resume or is it, you know, just saying, Hey, I went and did something or to get certified to show you that I could take the test and actually have some background knowledge compared to have an actual bachelor's degree into it. I hope that kind of makes sense what I'm asking. Oh yeah, it does. And this is actually something we've had numerous uh, discussions over the years and posts and presentations, stuff along that line, because it really is a, it is a challenging thing in the, in the modern world, because you you've got, especially because it's so expensive to do, get a degree these days that, and, and there's a lot of cases where getting a certification is going to be faster. It's going to be cheaper. And then actually it's going to be more, uh, impact to your bottom line, your ability to go out and get a job and be hired and do things. And it does vary. It's if you're going to do the certification route, you definitely want to look into it to see what you're certifying in and how that what that process is like, because some of them, they really do teach you how to do whatever the certification is around. Right. Some of them are really more like teaching to the test. It's just like, you know, these five items. And then once you're done, you're going to forget them. So unless you take that certification and are immediately doing work in that area, you're going to lose it, you know, almost immediately. Oh, and it's, but it is still, it's, it has a value. Um, I think it's one of those that long-term you, there is a, and that's what we've tried to do with developing there is a, uh, a better value in understanding some of the core like theories and foundational concepts, particularly in, in development and IT, as far as like how do networks really work? How do those layers yeah. work? And, and understanding some of the, you know, the language and how to talk the talk, but as far as like hitting the ground running, um, it's, you know, it's, it's almost as good or maybe better to get that, go that certification route. And I know a lot of, there's a lot of people I've talked to that are fresh grads, so like one or two years out of graduating. And I'm, I'm going to say, Hey, go get a, go get a certification or two, you know, find. And sometimes that's a great way to figure out what you enjoy doing sure. and say, okay, I've got this. This is sort of something I think that I, I would like to do, but it's also something that's valuable to me professionally, because then I know how to do that. I can, I know that like, Hey, I've been taught it as opposed to me sort of, you know, fumbling my way around. And maybe I don't have the, the ideal or the, you know, the educated approach to doing that task. I'm just getting it done as opposed to getting it done the right way. Which sometimes it means I'm not utilizing that technology to the level that I could be. And so it is very helpful to, and, and I do that people at a higher end, that's like, that is on the roadmap from the first six months. So that, well, first six months, I'm like, just like, you're going to be drinking for the fire hose. But from then on, it's like every six months, I basically push them and say, Hey, let's, what's your next certification going to be? Pick something yes. and let's go work on a certification process because it does, it forces you to think through that enough that. I think it's 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 very valuable. Not only it's a cool thing to have in your resume, it's something where you can say, "Yeah, I I like that," or "I really don't like that." It really does help you make those kinds of decisions. Yeah, you, you a couple of good points there. And one thing I was thinking about was just how I learn and how, what's better for me. And 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 personally speaking, you know, I I learn by doing. And you kind of talked about a mentor there, and like having a mentor with me alongside actually doing the work and, you know, saying, Hey, this is why we're doing X, Y, and Z. You know, this is why we're going to code something like this or configure a switch like this or whatever it is, rather than just 
based on, you know, if you go take the CCNA test or a CompTIA test, I mean, it's almost just like a mind dump and you're just going to read their study guides and everything like that. And just, and I know how I study. This is personally speaking again. Just I'm going to basically just cram everything I can and just memorization and then, but how much am I actually retaining to when I actually go do the work in the actual field? So it's just long enough to get to the certification. But I get, but I do agree that, yes, I mean, it does show something that, hey, I went and did these tests and these, I have these skills and my background knowledge, but it's again, like how well do I know that? I just know how to pass a test. Do I actually know how to get in there and, you know, connect wires together and connect a network down to two states across the U.S. or something like that? Well, and that's that's very much my own personal initial exposure to certifications was um, through the Microsoft world many years ago, and they had uh, certified developers and database administrator and uh, uh, network arch- uh, network engineering. And I looked at what they had and I found that I could take like, I think I took like nine or 10 tests and I could have all of those certifications. I could have all of these like high level, you right. know, really big money certifications very quickly. And it helped the company I was working with at the time. So we said, they, you know, it's like, okay, I had a lot of free time. And so in the, I think it was like six weeks, something like that. I just cranked out all the tests and you get in that mindset. And that was what the first one was tough. It was probably two or three weeks. And I had all like the, you know, really good tools to help learn them, but you get into that mindset and then you can just sort of like start cranking through those things. And so when I was done, there was stuff that I had learned, but without me diving right back into utilizing all of that, it was, it's sort of faded. I mean, it's still in there in my head somewhere, but it's kind of thing I'd, I'd say now it's like, yeah, I, I could do it. I know I can do it, but I'm rusty. So I would have to go back and you know bring myself up to speed versus another one that I did that was just one uh, at the time it was a, a Java certification, but it was very, practical. It was very much you're building something, you're doing something, you're walking through these things, you're understanding why you're doing it. And I learned more with that than I did all the other certifications I went through at the time, because it was practical, because it was something that wasn't just me giving an answer. It was me applying that knowledge to solve a problem. Did you always have that type of mindset? I know you kind of said you kind of had to get into that mindset, but even growing up when you were little, I mean, did you always want to learn like something as far as like technology, technologically based, or did you just, Hey, it's like, Hey, if I'm going to go down this field into this career, I got to get my mindset like this. I mean, was that one of the biggest challenges? Um, it was, it's an interesting one. Cause as a child, I always loved puzzles. I always loved solving problems. And so that's, and that's really what, particularly the software side of stuff, but even you get to hardware, it's, it's solving problems and debugging things and figuring out how to plug things together to make them all, you know, work the right way. And I always liked to read and was always an avid learner. So it did sort of go hand in hand as I got further on, but there was, there's definitely a point where I realized, Oh, sort of an old crap moment where I was like, I've just realized what I've signed off on and I'm going to have to just, this is what I'm going to have to do. If this is a career I'm going to take, I'm going to have to keep doing this. I'm going to have to keep pushing forward. And I found out that I, yeah, it's, it is, it is exhausting at times, but it's also very rewarding. So for me, it's been, it's been a no brainer. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, the future of it now, I mean, I know you seems like you've kind of touched a little bit on everything, but where do you see yourself going in the future now with technology still kind of changing and still, you know, we just talked about trying to stay the head of the game and, you know, when you're actually consulting and helping people to figure that out, I mean, are you just telling them to, Hey, plan five and 10 years in advance rather than just right now? Because if you buy right now, you're basically already behind. 
Um, no, because there are you can in some cases you do, but there's a lot of cases where you can jump into it and you can um, you can either build or you can buy a product and you can sort of protect yourself against the future so you can implement it in a way that expects things are going to change. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a you know, even if you're I've, even if you're putting out together a project and you're saying, hey, I've got this product. I know it's going to take a year for us to get it all put together for us to be able to actually use it for our company. There's a lot of discussion there that says, hey, you know, how much of this stuff do you know is not going to change because it's just it's just core stuff that can never change. Right. And how much of this stuff do you are we going to have to figure out how to have some hooks in to support it changing or evolving? And more times than not, almost everything is, well, I guess it could change. I guess we could grow that way or that could happen or that could happen. And so doing so it. It changes the the perspective of that problem, but it also uh, opens it up. So you can say, "Hey, I've got a you know." It'd be like a it's like building a, a if you build a building, just think of a very simple building. If there's only ever going to be one entrance, and you just build one door, and it's nice, and you put locks on it, and stuff like that. But if you realize that you know fire codes or something like that, you've got to have other entrances and exits, and then you've got to have all these other things that are part of that building. Yeah. Then that starts to impact how you build it, and it's just sort. Of, and it is, I guess, like that. Is it you know uh, mechanical engineer, or I guess it's more yeah me mechanical engineers. And even civil engineers, they build stuff so that it it moves. So like if you've been in a big building, you can I feel it sway. Yes. And you do the same thing with software is you have a, you don't make it so tight and rigid that the first time it moves, it all, you know, shatters. You, you build into it this sort of, uh, you know, this flexibility so that it can take, you know, some changes and some adjustments. And that's why you see software today. There's a lot of stuff that allows you to import and export data and it allows you to customize things. and all of these little things, I think, really have grown out of people saying, wait a minute, if you lock me into this application, that may be useless to me even six months from now. But if you allow me to have some way to extend it or customize it, now I can allow it to sort of, you know, grow into wherever I'm going to be six months or a year or five years from now. And talking about, you know, having to change everything based on if what you're adding, taking away and stuff like that. When you're developing software, I mean, do you have to put your mindset in to the, what the user would be experiencing, like a novice user, so to speak? So, like, you know, what what is it, the KISS method, keep it simple, stupid? So if anybody could – and I guess it also depends on what type of software you might be designing or developing for the person. But you have to think, like, okay, if I'm a user, I would want this thing to function, you know, like this, this, and this, rather than just how I think it should function. Is that kind mm -hmm. of what yeah. it's, it's very much, though, very much – for that user, customized to that user. That's, it's very key. And a lot of software people miss this. That's again, one of the things we talk about a lot is, is understanding the why of your user. Why are they going to use this? What's the problem they're going to solve? What is it? How's it going to make them better? What is you know, their life better? And finding ways to sort of understand how they work so that the solution fits into that as opposed to like square peg in a round hole thing where, and I think all of us have, have used software. We're like, wow, this does great stuff, but it's so painful to use it because it just doesn't work the way I think or the way I work. And the, you know, that's what you want to solve as a, as a good software developer, you want to understand your user. So you understand what you sort of think like they do. How do they, how are they going to approach this problem? What is a good solution to them? What is, 
what is going to be, uh, you know, the kinds of things that are going to like grade on them? What are the things that they can like, because software is almost never perfect. Sure. Um, you know, I know this is shock to everybody, <laughs> like, but it's, it's finding ways that the, the little annoying things don't become big, annoying things. Cause there's some stuff we just roll with it. We're like, eh, that's what it is. But then there's other things that, you know, bother me. It's like, it's like a, you know, the classic story of a marriage where it's like one person doesn't care about a toothpaste lid being off and the other one, it just drives them <laughs> insane. It's you need to understand what your user will put up with, what they want, what they, and a lot of it is even helping them understand what will help them work better because sometimes they're, a lot of times, even they're not IT focused. They don't understand technology. They, you have to sit in there, you know, go a mile in their shoes, as they say, look at how they work and then understand how to build that solution for them. Do you do your focus mainly on, let's say just Windows or Linux or, you know, Mac uh, OS, or do you focus just like on apps or do you do a little bit of everything? It just depends on what the user wants again. It really is. It's, it's a little bit of everything. These days, most stuff it's really, I'm trying to think like when I've done desktop, it's been a while because everybody's connected. Everybody's got, everybody wants to be able to use their, their phone to yes. check in on a work thing and stuff like that. So really web, web-based stuff. And now it's really more like, is it a web application or is it, you know, like a native application for your iPhone or your Android or whatever. And building the, the cost for an iPhone app or a, uh, an Android app is so much more than building a website that can support, you know, people can browse to and and work within that. It's, you've got to have specific requirements that says, oh yeah, you've got to do this on an app as opposed to a website. And it, sometimes it comes down to security and, and where you want data to live and things like that. But yeah, it's really, I'm very much, um, that's sort of what I bring to the table is I guess I'm technology agnostic. So whatever they whatever they do or wherever their environment is, I can, I can look at what's out there and say, Hey, this is, you know, the platform or the language or the architecture that's going to make the most sense for your solution. Technology, technology agnostic. I like that. I'm going to remember that. That's a, that's a good term. Mm -hmm. Tell people that, but moving forward a little bit though, just so we don't have to, you know, keep talking about software development though. I mean, talking about when you started, Developpreneur, man, that's a tough word. Developpreneur. <laughs> what was it like starting that, getting it going? I think you said you started it in 2017, and now what we're in, going on 2023. I mean, what was that like? I mean, was, it's, you, was it tough? I mean, you just decided, hey, I'm going to just do something big here, just kind of start my own thing, or well, I mean, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, it was. Um, it's actually interesting because it's sort. I sort of stumbled into it. Um, we had there's a couple of us that were that wanted to basically we started thinking about putting together sort of a boot camp to try to train people say hey let's i bet we can take people from almost no you know technical skills and walk them through and give them the right like the learn the right things so they can actually become developers not just that they know you know at the end of whatever the time frame is you know 3 months later you can write javascript or something like that but to actually be somebody that can that can be a developer that can learn additional languages and can grow your career. And in doing so, the first thing we did is we said, well, we're going to create a, uh, which still we have floating around on the developer side. It's a, it was basically, it's become called uh, launch your internet business. And it's just a 21 day, 15 minutes a day walks you through 
using Amazon's, uh, their Amazon web services, their EC2 servers, how to like, how to register, how to utilize their free tier. So you can have your own server. You can, you know, I think you know, at the time you're done, you'd end up spending, you know, 15 bucks maybe for a, a domain name, but then the rest of it's like, you've got your own server, you've got a WordPress application running, you've got nice. themes and you've got, you know, you've got a, a site that you could use for blogging or podcasting or something like that. And in doing so, because back to that application thing, we, as we were going through it, we said, okay, we're, as we were testing it, uh, there's three of us that were going through. And we said, well, we're going to walk through this thing and we're going to create a business idea. And we're going to do the whole thing. We're going to do it from soup to nuts and develop a newer came out of that is that it was something where I built this site and I said, I'd, I sort of just said, what'd be a cool name and turn it started out as a blog site. And then it just sort of grew and grew from there as you know, start it, Initially, it was just a blog, and then we started. I had another guy, and he was blogging, and we were cranking out stuff a lot. We were turning turning out three three blogs a week for about a year, or something like that. That were all technical blogs and talking through uh, software development of very and IT careers in various areas. Sometimes getting very technical, sometimes up at a very high level. And then that sort of spun into, uh, we did mentoring. So we had presentations we do, we do mentor classes. Initially it was once a week, we'd have these like mentor mastermind get togethers. We had the presentations out there and then eventually turned into a podcast. And it's just been, it's just one of those things. And now we're 2023, we're going to have So We're going to go roll back a lot of this content and try to refine it more in like sort of course kind of stuff so that you can, if you want to learn the skill, it's like, okay, here's where you go. Here's the things you can use. We'll update it a little bit. But basically, it's just because we've got so much content out there. We look around and we go, gosh, even when we go look for it, we're like, I'm pretty sure we've talked about that. But now I got to go find it. And it's right now, it's just a search. So we're we're working on revamping everything to give you know better ways for people. It goes back to understanding your user. It's like, if I want to learn it, I don't want to spend an hour searching for it. I want to be able to quickly navigate to it. So that's that's sort of the path we're taking. Yeah, that's a smart way of doing it. Are you finding people of all Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Ages are kind of jumping onto this, or is it? Or and basically all backgrounds too. You know, kind of like people like me, just 
like, hey, I want to learn something new today. I might just try software, you know, being not just retired from my job at 55 years old or something like that. Yeah, it is. A, it's interesting that there, you know, some of the ones I've had, I've had people I've talked to that have gone through it that were uh, actually very interesting. One, not too long ago, this guy had, um, had graduated, was looking for a job, had about four or five months where he was after graduation, where he's looking for a job. And he, he realized there was a set of skills that he needed. And he glommed on to one of our series. And he said, well, okay, if I want to get a job, what does this teach me? How would I use how would I take what I've learned here and put it on a resume? And it turned out he ended up, you know, I had some emails back and forth with him and he ended up getting a job as a, as a, I think as a DBA somewhere. And part of it was because we'd walked through that. I said, Hey, here's what you can do. Here's what you need to do to, to grow. And there's been a lot of those. I mean, it's, I guess it, it, it does vary. I mean, there are some that are 15, 20 years into their career that are saying, Oh, you know, I hadn't really thought of, that path to be able to change because they've gotten too set in their ways. So where you get to a certain point, you're like, ah, that technology I was on died. Or I realized I was just bored and I'd rather go back to what it was like when I started my career. Uh, and then there's a lot that are, you know, probably most are the, I don't know, 20 somethings, maybe early 30 somethings that have you know, gone out, gotten some sort of degree, gotten some exposure to IT, whether through school or now at work and said, hey, I want to, I want to explore that some more. And that's where we you know, say, hey, here's some stuff to help you out, some various paths you can go depending on what you're looking for. And you know, a lot of things about how do you how do you take that and turn that into a career? Yeah. Are you working with, you know, some of the big names like Cisco, Juniper, AWS, all of them just to say, like, hey, if somebody went and took these courses, kind of like what you're talking about, they could go to them and just say, Hey, you know, I took the Rob helped me out with the software development course or whatever. And you know, now I know some shit. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten to that point. I would love to get to that point. That's part of what I want to do is get something that's more, because uh, what we have really right now is much more um, laser focused in short term. A lot of cases, because a lot of the courses are a lot of what we do is like 15 minute, you know, very digestible chunk. Okay. So I can go in. Uh, now we do talk about being able to, you know, do it day after day after day. So you can make a steady progress towards bigger goals. But a lot of what we do is just sort of like, hey, you you know, you've got to solve these couple of problems or you need to go learn this skill. And that stuff, there's really not, you know, currently there's not as we're not we haven't grown to a point where they can say, oh, yeah, those guys came out of the developer stuff and they're awesome and they know everything. So, you know, we don't have those kinds of connections, but we do, you know, within our group, we have our own little community. And through that, you have connections to various places. So people come to us and you know, we'll have conversations. I'll say, hey, I'm looking for such and such a job or something in this area. And a lot of times we're able to point them somewhere and say, Hey, here's somebody that we know that's hiring or somebody we know that's in a company that may be thinking about hiring or somebody at least that's like, you know, that's more specifically in that career line path and they can help you out, maybe point you in the right direction. Did you, you know, we, you've talked about mentors a little bit, a couple of times already. I mean, did you have a mentor in helping you set this up or was this kind of like, Hey, I'm, this is my own thing. I'm going to, try it all by myself or did you just kind of learn from your previous experience with mentors back in the day that's that is something that is my that is probably my part of the reason i do this is because i never really until i don't know probably about 10 years ago i, I picked up my first i guess real mentor i mean i had a few mm -hmm. along the way but as far as somebody that was really i saw as a mentor that he worked with me a lot we talked a lot about how to advance my career 
it was it was something that was missing when I was younger in my career as well. And so that's why we try to, you know, as part of the goal of this is to bring this back around and to say, hey, if you're out there and you need somebody just to bounce ideas off of or you want to see what it's like, then that's the kind of stuff that we're going to provide as, as well as, you know, the tools to get you there. Yeah, mentors are pretty great. And that's something that something uh, that sits back in my head because, you know, along my educational path or whatever you want to say that uh, I had a few opportunities with mentors and stuff. And I just kind of basically just shoved them out the door just because I didn't even realize it at the time, or I was one of those guys and kids that was like, I already know everything. I don't need these people in my life. And mm-hmm. now, you know, then it comes down to it. You think, well, shit, I should have listened to what they were saying. And <laughs> I took them up on some opportunities because it caught up with me. And, and I'm like you, that's one of the things I never, I've had a, you know, a few in my life, but nothing that I really took a full focus on and just said, Hey, you know, everything that you know, I want to know or whatever. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. I got the, I got to step and just, I guess, started running before I could walk. And, you know, like I said, now I kind of regret that. And that's very powerful stuff. And I guess that's kind of the message I wanted to send out. Like if you have somebody who wants to take an interest in you and help you out along your way, whatever it is, software developing, networking, cybersecurity, whatever that, and even not even just computer IT related, just anything in life in general that take them up on it. You know, even if you do think you know everything or whatever. So. Anyway, that yeah, it's that is that's something that I always ran into as well. Is it was you know you just I was just so busy and it it come out of a you know I had a degree and I knew some stuff and it's one of those where you're like okay I think I know how to do my job and it's not until you get further into it you're like oh crap no I don't I, like they, <laughs> I could have there's some things I didn't know there's some oh, I didn't realize because you don't know what you don't know sure. and that's what a mentor will give you is they give you that not only is it an extra set of eyes but it's somebody that's been there before that so they can sort of help you know they can they've probably been where you were and they can say, Hey, I bet you're, this is a blind spot or this is something that you have overlooked. Let, you know, let's talk through this a little bit. Right. And, uh, and I found that even, you know, I would, I would expand on what you said and say, even people that aren't mentors, there's, there's a lot of people that in, in professionally that will, and even I guess in life that you'll sort of dismiss. It's like, ah, they don't really know how to contribute to the conversation. And when you spend a little time with them, you'll find out that actually they, there's a huge amount of contributions they can give. They'll give you different perspective. There's all kinds of stuff that you can get out of, such as that's one of the benefits of of doing podcasts and listening to podcasts is you hear a lot of different perspectives and backgrounds. And there's always, to me, there's always something I'm like, I never thought of it that way, or I never heard of that. I got to go try that out. Yes. I've probably said this story a million times on here, but that's what got me so involved in the podcasting just in, I think I listened to my first podcast back in probably 2017 or so, maybe five, six years ago. And, you know, I started learning like, oh, you know, there's different ways of, like you said, of, of living your life. Or, oh, it's like, oh, I never thought about, you know, this topic in that type of way and stuff. It was like, oh, and it just, it was almost a mind blowing experience, basically. It was just like, opened up my eyes. I was like, man, you know, what, why did I think that having this fixed way of life was the way to go when there's so many different ways of, to, and then, you know, even just listen to how people talk and what, you know, they're, uh, the challenges they face in life and how they got through them and how they just didn't let people beat them down. And, you know, they started one business and then, Hey, it didn't work out, moved to another business. It was very inspiring and motivating. It's just like you said. And I just, I was all in once I was like, Hey, there's more ways to look at life than just whatever I'm thinking or whatever I was taught by my parents and friends going up, growing up. And I'm not knocking them by any means, but it was just like, Hey, there's mm-hmm. other ways to look at things. You know, it's kind of like, I guess I grew up in a very, very rural area. And just, let's just say, for example, it's a very big farm town and, it's one of those things that 
you know, if there's people who like Ford uh, trucks and people who like Chevrolet trucks and people would just tell you whether they like Fords just based on their experience, but they couldn't really tell you anything to back it up rather than just like, hey, you know, I don't like Ford just because of the brakes went out or something like that. And so that was kind of like my, I guess, my knowledge and hearsay growing up rather than just actually learning more and, you know, trying to figure out what else was going on in the world outside of the little farm town I grew up in. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think everybody grows up in some sort of a bubble. I mean, there's just, cause you're just, regardless of where you're at, the culture, the people, the schools you go to, the family you have, there's, it's, it's unique to you. And it's fascinating to me to have people that I think a lot of times I think they have, they were in like the same bubble that I grew up in sure. and found out they had a 180 degrees different experience with life. And there's all these different viewpoints and ways and reads that they have on stuff that I, you know, that I never would have thought of. And it, it does help you, you know, professionally, but also personally to get better, to relate to people, to understand how to travel through all the crap that life throws at you. Cause it's like, Oh, Hey, wait, I, this isn't that bad because I know this other person went through something very similar and they tried these couple of things and that allowed them to get through it. And so now, Hey, I've got some ideas. So it is, it's something it's like you said, it's just, when I did it the same way, it's like, wow, this is way beyond what I you know, expected. Cause like, you know, news, even if you listen to the news, there's uh, like, there's only like certain, you know, there's certain like channels of news that you get. And right. then you go out to, you know, you go beneath that to like the podcast world and blogging and stuff like that. And it's, it goes from two or three to almost an infinite, infinite number of, of perspectives and opinions right. and, and experiences. And it really, I think it helps you get a better picture of, of what the world is. And for me, it's helped me have a better idea of where I sit and what I, and more confidence in what I know and what I think and I how I'm at, because I've said, you know, I can, I can understand that these other people have different opinions and views and everything else, but I have these opinions because of whatever, but it's like, I'm, it's, it's like you said, I'm not saying I hate Fords because I heard somebody one time had a trouble with a Ford. It's like, because I know a lot of people that have been, or I've gone out and driven Fords a bunch, or I know a lot of people that have driven Fords. And now I can say, yes, I, I can tell you from personal experience to some extent, or, you know, gathered experience a lot more about it. So I feel more comfortable where it's at. And I, I know better what, you know, what I know, I know it better. Yeah. That's one good thing is that, you know, when, when listening and you know that people are always going to have, a different perspective or opinion of whatever moral value or whatever you want to say in your life. But if you go into it with an open mindset and just knowing that, Hey, you know, whatever I say or whatever, you know, these people are going to talk about, whether there's going to be some different opinions that are going to be expressed through here. And I, and instead of just shutting it down early that mm -hmm. I'm actually going to listen to it and try to understand like, Hey, why do they think the way they think rather than just, you know, and I'm not, we don't have to go down like a political soapbox here or anything like that, but just focusing on all of, you know, whether you're a Fox news person or a CNN news person, it's like, this is where I'm only going to get my information in and whatever they say is the gospel. It doesn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. And just going along with that and just learning and even working with IT consulting or whatever, just knowing that, you know, you're going to be working with a different type of or groups of people all the time and just being mm -hmm. personable and being open-minded and just knowing that, Hey, they might not know something that the other group that you worked with didn't know before, but just having that background and I guess, open-mindedness that it will help you be successful in a sense, I guess is my whole point to that rant right there. And that, that's even like your, call it, I don't want to get too uh, psychological or whatever, but I think that's, we talk about that in developing our stuff is it's a, your self-talk is a little bit about that. A lot of people 
um, particularly when you get early in your career, you sort of limit yourself because you're like, oh, I'm only a you know, a junior or a level one or whatever your title is and say, oh, I don't know enough to be a manager. I can't provide information on the CEO's conversation or something like that because you've got these labels in your head and you've limited yourself sure. and you're limiting other people as well. Cause it's like, well, I can only talk to people at my level or something or above me and stuff like that. And it really, it's, it really is a loss to do that because you're not, you're not giving yourself and others an opportunity for where your unique experience can help. Yes. And you're not giving others op you know, opportunity for them where their unique experience can help you. And it's, you know, it's one of those that I think too often we let ourselves or we, you know, others do it, or we'd let ourselves get into these like pigeonholed and then we get stuck. Like it could be you, you could have said, well, I'm a, you know, I'm in physical therapy education. This is what I'm going to, it's got to have physical in it or yeah. I'm never going to be able to go anywhere. And instead you said, you know what, there's this, there's this thing over here. This looks pretty cool. Yes. And so you would have, you know, and I, I've got so many things in my life that are like that, where I was just like, I'm going to give that a try. And then I realized, oh my gosh, why wasn't I doing this the rest of my life? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I was one of those people. And, and I guess, you know, I probably still have those demons because it still comes around and I don't know if it's performance anxiety or imposter syndrome or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, even starting this podcast and even before, you know, when I was out, you know, working in higher education, that there was people who had these huge egos about them. You know, they were either not a, out the directors or presidents or vice presidents of something. And then when they walked through the door, they basically expected everyone just to bow to them. But if we were in a meeting about whether it was recreation at the time or whatever I was doing, that I felt like, ooh, like I should be the, you know, to sit in the kind of the back of the room and not say, you know, one word just because, you know, what if I say something stupid? What if they all kind of basically, you know, make fun of me, I guess, for if I say something that then or they or do I even have a place to talk at this table? And I don't know if that's just kind of growing up with certain stereotypes or social norms or the media just kind of displaying like this is how it is. You know, there's people at all different levels. And if you're at this level, then you don't dare overstep your, you know, or overstep and try to get there. So but that was just one thing for me. It was just that, you know, speaking of psychology, it was actually having, I, I don't want to say get the balls, but just trying to say like, hey, I kind of know something a little bit about this, even though I don't, I'm not a expert, but I can help, you know, been, or, you know, bring something to the table in this conversation. So it's like taking a little bit of baby steps for me and then learning that, hey, you know, I can do this. You know, I can talk to people who have a PhD and whether it's in, uh, you know, maybe not biology or neuroscience or stuff like that, but it, you know, but there is like, I got a, a good foundation, I guess is what I'm going to say. And, and I guess more of a confidence to actually, you know, relate my opinion to somebody else rather than just keep it in there and just, and I, you know, not to do it just to piss somebody or piss somebody off and, or have a debate is just whether to say at me, either asking a question or just, Hey, I want to be part of the conversation just because I'm curious to know, you know, why mm -hmm. is it this way rather than just, you know, oh, it's just this way because it's always been this way. So we'll just keep doing it. It's like, but, well, that don't make sense. You know? Yeah, I think that's, I didn't, it, it didn't happen when I was younger. It took me a while to get to it. But when I realized that it's like, there's just a point where I said, I don't, I really don't care if somebody thinks I'm asking a stupid question anymore. I'm just, yes. I will just, you know, I'll sit there and sometimes I will be, and it will sometimes be, you know, they say there's no stupid questions, but I think I've found a few over, the, <laughs> over, over time where it's just like, wow, did you really just ask that? I'm like, yeah, because I'm just, I'm lost. I'm not mentally where I need to be or whatever it is. Sure. And it's, it actually has helped me professionally a lot because I will, and you know, sometimes I guess it's a little frustrating, but I'll work with customers and I'll be like, okay, I need to ask why you're doing this or yeah. 
I get that you're doing it, but I don't see that that really has to be done that way. So help me understand why you have, why that has to be so, or is it because you've always done it that way? And are there maybe some opportunities that we can make some changes? And it's, it's not, and it literally, it legitimately is a question. Cause like, I don't know what the answer to that is in those cases. I don't know if it's something where I just don't have the knowledge and what they're saying is, you know, gospel and that's the way we have to do it. Or if it's something where, you know, they didn't, they just hadn't thought of it, you know, and that's cause it's happened to me. It's stuff where I'm like, Oh yeah, I got to do it this way. And somebody will say something. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's actually a better idea. So yeah. And as saying that some of the other days, like, you know, we never, it was never when we first solve a problem, have a perfect solution the first time around. The first time we give an answer to a question, how often do we come back? We're like, ah, I wish I could say that. You're like, especially thinking you're funny, man, if I'd said this, that would have been so much funnier or wittier. And so that's where it's like, Hey, it takes time. It takes revisions. It takes experience. And sometimes asking other people, their thoughts, their opinions will get you there a little bit faster. Have you ever uh, heard this quote? I think it was Thomas Swole or Swale, Swole, but there's no solutions. There's only trade-offs. <laughs> yeah. I've not heard that one, but it's a good one. Uh, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense because mm-hmm. you used to think, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, a, I guess a final solution to every little thing there is, but it's usually, oh, wait, if we do it this way, then we can't do it that way. So, but yeah, once I heard that, it made a lot of sense to me, especially in kind of working in an IT world that, oh, if we do it this way, oh, well, we're going to have to take this out or we, oh, you we ain't going to be able to access this if we do this. And so, but yeah. I think it was very educational to me. There's a guy I'm trying to, it's, it may have been a, several years ago now, but he started with a paperclip and traded his way up to a, uh, uh, like a Lamborghini or something like that. Nice. And he did it in like, I think 30 or 40 trades or something like that. But it was really interesting, the thought process and watching when he got done. And it's, I think you can go, you know, Google it. It's out there. And he, he walked through the process. And it's interesting when you think about some of the trades where it was, you know, this thing has got a lot of value, but only to this certain person, but they happen to have this thing where they've got something that has a lot of value and it they're more than happy to make that swap. And so, you know, the first couple of trades are sort of like just people like, okay, well, I'll help you out. You know, he went from like yeah. a, I think it was like a red paper clip to a, a a nice pencil. And then, you know, to maybe like a, I don't know, a calculator or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was the kind of thing where you, it really is informative that there are so many different ways to get to a solution. And it, a lot of it has to do with what does, what do these other people involved in it? What do they value? Sure. What are they thinking? How do they look at it? And you know, that goes back to the thing. It's like you, if you stick to your, it has to be done the way you see it, then you're you're gonna miss out. Like the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you is actually not that great because you know. The, it, it's okay for you if they all do it to you the way you want to be have done to you, but there's stuff you'll do for other people. Like, I don't like that. I hate that. You know, it's like the love language is a good example is there's, you know, there's some people like touch, some people like gifts, some people like time. So if you're a, if you're a time person and you don't like touch and there's a touchy person that's always touching you, that's like, you know, get away. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's just creepy to you at that point. You know? So it's, it is. It's it's very important, I think, to understand, and especially the way the world is going, where it's just it seems like it's smaller and smaller. That every day I talk to people that have widely different backgrounds, came from different cultures and countries and everything else, 
And so you have to be, I think, a little more aware of that, that what you see and what you experience may be very different from other people. And sometimes, and that's where a lot of that stuff, you just got to be aware that sometimes you're going to say something that's going to offend them or vice versa. And you got to say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, that was not the intent. That's just, you know, in our the way we do it, this is how it, this is how we say it. This is how we do it. This is how we act and, you know, build that understanding between people. That's, that's, and it's, it's a weird world to navigate right now. And just me and one of my colleagues were talking the other day and just kind of what you said about, you know, almost offending somebody or they offending you that it's, and it, and again, and this is my experience and I'm maybe just speaking generally, of course, but even if you were to tell somebody they look nice today, that almost somebody's going to find might find that's a it's offensive or that's harassment. Whatever, it's just, I just said you look nice, you know. Would you rather me tell you looked ugly today? It's just mm-hmm. yeah, but it's just like and it's gotten this one of those things that it's almost. And now I work in a very and I work in a very small area in a very small town, but I, I kind of know how the culture is. And I know you know who you can joke with, and you build those camaraderie relationships with people. But you know, going outside of that, you usually I just kind of stick to my lane rather than just going outside until I get to know, I guess the room, so to speak, until I, Ooh, I can't mm-hmm. feel comfortable saying this, this, and this. I mean, and I'm not there to go, you know, demean anybody by any means, but it's just that, you know, I'm just trying to keep a straight narrow path until I learn that. Okay, cool. Like I know the room now, you know, I know how people are acting. I know what's acceptable. I know what's not acceptable. And that way, you know, we all can have a healthy work relationship or whatever it is moving forward. And there's not going to be any head right off the bat. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that goes back to where you talk about like, you know, professors or, you know, doctors or whatever, they have a certain yeah. title and they walk in a room and think people should, you know, bow to them. It, that's offensive to a lot of people. So, and it's not a good way to walk in a room because now you're focused on, well, hey, everybody needs to pay attention to me as opposed to going in and listening or, you know, like you said, sort of get the temperature of the room, figure out where you're at, understand the context and, and what's going on so that you you don't end up putting your foot in your mouth, basically. And sometimes you learn something along the way as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to learn something and then, you know, it helps you grow as a person, I think. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it enhances their skills and very being very personable. And I mean, is this, you know, when you're helping people solve these problems or their IT problems or consulting, whatever, and even in with developpreneur, I mean, do you run into problems like that? You know, as far as this workplace culture relationships where, it's almost hard to get along just because you're almost too worried about saying the wrong thing or right thing. And, or is our, is our each personality going to actually mesh well with each other? Oh, it definitely, there's definitely a lot of issues trying to get people to mesh well. I mean, it's like, a, um, I, and that's, that's one of the big things that business is trying to figure out you know, from sports point of view, you think about it, it's like, you've got, you can have the, you know, think about like actually a good example would be like the dream teams where you have like all of the you know, supposedly greatest sure. athletes in that sport and they come together for a team and they suck because they don't work well together. They right. don't have complementary skills. When you look at like, and I'm a, I'm an old school Chicago guy. So you look at like oh. the bulls that won everything and it wasn't just, you know, Michael Jordan was a lot, but you look at the cast of characters around him and how that team worked and it was because they, everybody had a, a role, they knew what they did and they did their role well. Yes. And especially when you get to, you know, like look at football, if you're the quarterback and you're playing linebacker, you're not being used right and vice versa, you know, it's stuff like that. So you, a lot of it is, is in business is figuring out what, what is needed, what kind of skills do we need? I, this is a lot of times what I'll talk to with companies when they're building out a, either building a team or hiring people to come in and do something 
it's you know, like, what kind of roles do you need? What are some of the skill sets that you need to have? And then thinking through those. And it's things like, for example, like network stuff, almost always, if you're building a software product, that will not be thought of. But it's like, hey, if you're building a, a software product and you're going to be delivering software and you're going to have a help desk and stuff like that, you're going to need IT support. You're going to need to be able to like wire stuff together. You're the oh, wireless yeah. is not going to just like magically appear like you, you <laughs> or unless you're going to go to like McDonald's and use theirs all the time, which is <laughs> not really enterprise ready. So, you know, it's, it's things like that where you, it's like everything else. You, you spend the time, understand the problem, and then you can start understanding where are what are the skill sets? What are the people? What are the personalities that we need to, to work with? And, and companies struggle with that all the time because they'll get too much of one or another. And then people you know come in and they'll be set in their ways. They'll be like, oh, I've got this title or I've got this background. And so you got to listen to me on this. And there may be somebody else that has an equally good background and title. And they're saying, you got to listen to me on this. And then as opposed to them working together, they end up button heads and that serves, it doesn't help anybody. Versus if they work together, it might make it greater than either of them had ever been in the past. Sometimes, you know, it'll, the, the sum of the parts is greater than the whole. Did you model your leadership after a particular area or after one person, you know, like to get this type of knowledge that you have right now and learning to get teams to mesh well or? Did you get it from Michael Jordan? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've I really do like a I um it's sort of a best of breed type thing. I I've followed a lot and listened to a lot of different people and learned from a lot of different people over the years. And I sort of pick what works a combination of what works in general, and then some of the stuff that it works for me, because there's certain things that just my personality, that's not, it's like, oh, that'd be awesome. But I'm not that kind of person that I can do that and be genuine or, or do it without just draining myself. And at the end of the day, going, feeling like I've got to take a shower or something. You know, it's just, okay. there's certain things that just don't fit who I am. And so it's, it's just like, the career side of stuff is you, you try things out, you see what works, you, you adjust a little bit and make it your own and then you move forward and then you repeat, basically do it again. I know we're kind of getting short on time here, but I guess my last question for you or statement, whatever you want to say that, you know, for somebody young, old, middle-aged wanting to get into, you know, kind of model their life after your software development, starting developing newer.com. I mean, just anything like that. I mean, do you have any advice or something you wish you would have done differently for them to get started on their way or what? Um, I think the best advice I can give is that there is, I think most people go into the, the professional portion of their life thinking that they've just got to go earn enough money and earn a paycheck and pay bills and that they're it's work. It's never going to be you know fun. It's never going to be enjoyable. But I think that for most people, there is something that what you do, what you enjoy doing is something that you could do in a career that you can tap into those same areas and get that same joy. And in IT in particular, there's, there's so many different facets of it that I would say, you know, if you're hesitating, don't let that that hesitation, don't let that fear slow you down is go, go try some stuff, go check some things out. I mean, there's, there's so many like, you know, weekend courses, or you can do some Googling around and find something where they'll, you know, even if it's somebody that's sort of a shyster that says, Hey, I'll teach you to how to master scale in five minutes. And there's no way you can, but at least it's an, it's an exposure to that. And you can say, Hey, I think I do want to learn more about that. I think that is a path I want to, I want to take. And I would I'd say, don't let your 
yeah, I guess the short of it is don't let your labels or your expectations of yourself and others to limit you is realize that you probably can do far more than you ever thought you could. And if you listen to anybody that's been successful, I don't think any of them are like, oh yeah, I always knew I was going to be here. Yeah. They always are like, I never thought I would be here and you could be the next person just like that. Nice. Well, Rob, thank you for being here. Thanks for having a little chat with me on this Wednesday night. Um, if people want to find your podcast or anything you want to plug in general, just feel free to do that. All right. Well, yeah, developingware.com. You can go. We've got contact forms. You can see links to the podcast. It's also built. If you go out to like an Alexa or something like that, just do the Building Better Developers podcast. You'll you'll get it. You'll get the latest episode. And uh, if you want to go from, you want to talk to me from the consulting side, it's rb-sns.com. And um you know, happy to talk to you about any of this stuff, whether it's solving your business problem or helping you advance your career. Rob, you the man, man. I'm glad you sat down and we had this little IT discussion. I got a lot of pearls and gems out of it. And uh, again, thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you, man. This is a lot of fun, Chris. Have a good one. All right. See you, folks. We're out of here. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.